Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 137. Please be 137. Brought to you by Parse Rum. I love Parse. You love Parse. Zach, it's your turn to say something nice about Parse. I mean, do you not want to save save the earth and plant some trees while you get some new bottles, especially in the holiday season? Buy all of them. Send them out. Get some get some people on it. I'm not kidding when I say there's no better time of the year than right now to drink Parse rum. I was just in the Boston area. It was cold. It was real cold. You know what I could have gone for? Some Parse rum. And then to I got warm, back to Austin. To warm you up a little bit? Oh, I got back to Austin. It was cold. It's cold here. And I said, I'm going to go. And right now I'm going to break out some Parse rum out of the cabinet. I'm going to have a little, a little hot toddy with a little Parse. People do mix in some, mix in some eight year and do a hot toddy. Why not? Parse cool. rum three is- year. Wait, stop. I have a good things to say. Parse rum. They got a three year. Okay. You got a three year. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, you got the holidays coming up, you got people coming in, mix that up. Give me a little, make them a little rum drink. You want to sip on it. Maybe a little, maybe a little eight year. You want to go 12 year? You want to impress somebody? You got maybe, maybe you got a father in law coming in. Maybe you got a little, somebody you want to give a little 12 year to? Come on now. Zach, are you recording in a dungeon? I just turned the light off. It was kind of bright. You know, no, the light's better. Light's better. Yeah, it's definitely right. better with the light. You ever think about um, taking that cord from your TV and hiding it? Or, brother, this is this is like the attic up here, man. I'm just asking. I was just asking. It's Shawty's hey, house. It ain't why don't you house. put? Why don't Why don't you get some more art on your wall back there? I got hey, some, he's got see, a I moved cooler the, wall. I moved, I moved the desk. I moved the desk. So now I got a little, got a little something there. I got a little something. I got a little background. Don't look like a serial killer anymore. All oh, right, time. let's get into it. Let's get into it. Got some stuff going on. Burhalter out. But do you want to talk about USA for a minute? You want to talk about I USA? I do. I do. Come on. Because tell people. Tell them, Dakota. Tell them. Greg Burhalter is a fucking idiot. He's an idiot. He, we have our best player. Nah, not our best, but one of our top three players. Tom, would you agree? He's probably one of our top three players. Certainly a top five player on the squad. Giovanni Reina. We just don't use him. We say, hey, let's bring in an MLS guy. Let's bring in a couple MLS players. Listen, 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 listen. There's a reason they're playing the MLS. Put it this way. This is like, here's how I can compare it. And this could sound mean. Don't care. This is like having a Team USA and you're putting in a guy that's playing in Korea and you got Nolan Arenado on the bench. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should use like our best player and try to score another goal because we just choked it, giving up a penalty in the 81st minute. Dakota, who, who, Dakota, Dakota, who gave up the penalty? Was it another MLS Walker guy? Walker Zimmerman. I wonder what league he plays uh, in. Oh, Nashville, yeah, Nashville SC. The, the great the the great club, Nashville SC. Can I ask <sighs> a soccer question? Yeah. If you're a top five player on the team, how are you not starting? Yeah, why? Well, positionally, we have a I lot of midfielders. okay with him not starting because he plays the same position as Pulisic and uh, Wea, and they both are really good. They combine for the goal. I mean, he could play like the midfield, but then you got you're not going to know any of these names, Ian or Zach. Uh, but then you got like Weston McKenney, who's really good, kind of the heart and soul of the team. Tyler Adams is the captain. He's the best hey, eight four five. Tyler Adams, I know him. No, and then Eunice Musa was the other guy that started. He's like 19 years old and he's a freak. So like it, it was okay. I was fine that he didn't start, but not putting him in at all, especially once they equalized, blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Now that they need a good run against England. I mean, they don't. Uh, yeah, kinda. If they draw against England and beat Iran, they'll they should be in because England should spank Wales. Hopefully, 
We need England to just dominate Wales and we need to like draw with England and then beat Iran to move on. But it would, if, oh, if we would have won that, we would have held the fate in our own hands of saying we just need to beat Iran and we're, and we're in. Hey, Dakota, instead, you know what this, this reminds me of? Huh? The Jets defeating me as well. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except the Patriots are better than the Jets and the, the they're not, Wa- they're Wales not. is not better than the USA. And we, and they're we not stuff. better. They're not better. We than the Jets. used MLS players. <sighs> Can we talk about I've been looking forward to this Ian for eight years and it broke my heart. That's all I got. I know. I know. Let's talk. Let's talk about something that's a little bit more uplifting. Our good friend, friend of the pod, Anthony Rizzo, got paid a little bit of of dough. Our good friend signed a two for 34 with a six million dollar buyout. So that means that he is essentially guaranteed two for 40, which we love. And then he also has $17 million uh, option for that third year, which could be three for 51. Really happy for our friend. For, for a friend. He's rich. Back I in New York. The Cubs made a late push for him, too. Uh, Tom, I know there's a lot going on over there. Do you have, do you care to have a comment on your, your boys picking Riz back up? Uh, very great signing. I was with Jimmy actually when we found out, obviously a lot of excitement in the office. And I think the thing most people are thinking about is that we're hoping because obviously he's been pretty close with, uh, we have a lot of different nicknames for him on the show. I'll go with judgy since that's what Scott calls him. Uh, judgy. We're hoping that this is the first half of a package deal and Aaron judge comes back. So if that's what this is leading towards, this is all worth it. Rizzo had a great year and Ian, I'll be curious to see, what you think about this, there's been a lot of discussion about how the shift and the lack there of, of a shift now will affect him going forward. Yeah, Jimmy actually texted me about um, about Yankee Stadium and about the uh, left-handed BABIP. For everyone out there, batted, batting average on balls in play is BABIP. So Yankee Stadium is a relatively small outfield um, as far as square feet, and it is also in uh, right field the smallest so there's not a lot of area for guys especially left-handed guys that pull the ball to get hits through the shift as if you can think about Coors Field being absolutely massive there's a lot of area for balls to fall and Riz is as the projections go a like top five guy in the league that gets hurt by the shift the most because of where they play and because of where he hits his balls Um, I think it's going to make a huge impact on him I also think he has the ability with two strikes to put the ball in play and put the ball in play hard to the right side, he got four man outfield. Four man outfield did a lot this year, um, and I think outfield that did. I think the one thing that people aren't thinking about when you talk about the shift, besides the raw numbers, and Zach, you can speak to this. When you get up and you see guys all stacked on one side of the field, it is it's just demoralizing from a confidence perspective because you look out there and you go, if I hit a ball to the right side, doesn't matter how hard I hit it. If I, I have to either topspin hook a ball to the right field line, I have to hit a laser in the gap, or I have to hit a homer, I don't have a lot of options as far as like places to hit the ball to get hits. And I think psychologically, once guys see a more open field and there's more places to get hits, it gives you the confidence to go up there, put on a good hack on a good pitch, and feel like you're going to get a result. It's so hard as a human, too, when you see that shift to not try to like manipulate your swing to try to beat the shift. 
like when I first got shifted in like high A by the Astros, shocker that they were the first team that I've seen. Which was do insane it. that it was an A ball. Yeah. And like I get up there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fish for like three in a row and they're never going to shift me again. And it's like, that's exactly what they want you to try to do. It's like, get out of your comfort zone and try to, and like, yeah, you know, people always say, oh, look at that hole, just do it. And it's like, yeah, I get it, but I can guarantee you most of the people who get hits over there aren't trying to hit the ball over there. It just kind of happens. And like, you need oh, yeah. every pitch when it goes boring a two-seam in on your hands. You're not going to do that. I'd right. say the only time, and by no means am I saying it's easy. I, I could not do it. I'd say the only time I feel like you have a chance at that, just kind of throwing it over there is like 0-2 count, like two-strike count, and you're like, oh, they're trying to bury a slider. Like, flick it over there. Right. And that's just like that? more of a that's more of a product of like letting it letting it get deep. You're yeah. not, nobody's walking up there and saying, I'm gonna beat the shift this at bat. I can promise you. I think it's also I think I can see Rizzo walking up there and being like, fuck it, I'm beating the shift. I'm hitting I can see him doing fence. that too. I, I mean can. for sure, but there's also like the ability as a hitter to sell out to the pull side and hook something and like dive out over the plate and say like I'm going to, I'm going to pull this ball hard. I don't care if it's on the ground or in the air. Like that's a lot easier to do than the feeling. I think it's hard to describe this, but the feeling of hitting a ball the other way tends to make you really late because you're trying to hit it the other way. You're trying to catch it deep and you're trying to really manipulate it that way. And with guys throwing 98 with ride, like that's really hard. And, but the opposite is you have more room for error when you try to be really early and hook something. And I think you're going to see some more balls come back into the game. That's like first and third guy has to first baseman has to hold the runner on that four hole gets really big that between the first baseman, and the second baseman, and you're going to see some more guys be able to feel like they can just hit a really hard ground ball to the right side might go right at the first baseman, right? Might not, but you have more ability because that hole becomes bigger to actually utilize that as opposed to man on third first and third, less than two outs that shift is going on. So anything to the right side is double play. You don't get the run in. And then now you're looking to only hit the ball in the air in a place where you can actually drive, drive that run in. So I, I think there's a lot of little things that come into play with the shift, but um, I think Rizzo will be one of the guys that benefits from it the most. Let's talk about the hall of fame ballot. You guys see the hall of fame ballot. I looked at it briefly. It's a lot of people's last year on it. Correct. I think there's a few I'd like to I just like to preface this conversation by I saw a, someone a reporter person say um, they said like there's one or one or two names that were interesting. And they basically said, like, besides that, doesn't look like there's a lot of people making compelling cases. There's people on this ballot. I have to now let me just find it really quick. But there's people on this ballot that to say, like, ah, not really compelling case. You have Andy Pettit. You have Billy Wagner, who is statistically one of the best relievers to ever pitch. Uh, Manny Ramirez, he said Manny Ramirez and uh, A-Rod were the two that were interesting, but the steroid stuff. Besides those guys, you have Billy Wagner, who's one of the best relievers of all time. You have Omar Vizquel, who I believe has 13 gold gloves. Lackey, I played with, and I absolutely love. He has an amazing postseason record and some incredible longevity. Uh, Andrew Jones has 10 gold gloves and was one of the best players in the league for eight to 10 years. Not sure how that's not a strong case. Uh, Carlos Beltran. I mean, you have a lot of guys on this list that it's like, I mean, if you look at their numbers within 
their era. Todd Helton? I mean, you look at those guys' numbers within their era. It's like, we're not considering these guys. It's See, Go ahead. I lean on the side of the Hall of Fame is the best of the best of the best. Not the best of their era. It's the best of ever. Like, you, I compare Hall of Fame numbers. Like, to get into Hall of Fame, I compare your numbers to everyone. Not like, oh, at the time, he was the best player. Because I'm like, I don't care. Like, at the time, he was the best player, but he's the, but today he'd be the 50th best player. Then he's not a Hall of Famer to me. Are you comparing him to Sandy Koufax or Baby the Ruth? Stats, Who are we comparing the stats, him to? Not, the guys that played in the Northeast repertoire. against only white dudes and there's 10 not teams? Their repertoire. Who are we comparing I'm him to? Their stats. I'm saying their stats. Line up Todd Helton's stats next to, uh, I can't even think of another Hall of Famer right now. You got me all frazzled. Tom, please pull Todd Helton's stats next to another first baseman Hall of Famer. Please. I just want to point this out. Not from like the 40s. I want to point this out. Andy Pettit's a three-time All-Star. Took Uh, He played 18 years. He's a three-time All-Star. People will probably hold that against him for not having more All-Star games. He tested positive for roids. He's out. In 2005, he went 17-9 and with a 2-3-9, made 33 starts through 221 innings, uh, and was not an All-Star. Not sure how that happened. He, also, could, he could have made an all-star every single year and had 25 wins a year, and he still wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, and he's the also, best I'm, of all time. I'm pretty sure he has. I'm pretty sure he has the most postseason innings of all time. He does. Um, and with 276, that's hilarious. Todd Helton <laughs> hit three. Todd Helton hit 316 with a 414 OBP, 539 slugging, 953 career OPS, uh, 369 homers, 1400 RBIs. Is that good? Homers aren't going to do it. Then get to 500. Uh, I have the stats if you want to compare him to Frank Thomas. How many guys are in the 500 Homer Club? I'm just going to keep asking you questions, Tom. 20-ish. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, my God. In 2000, he hit 372. What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) He hit 372 one year. I'm saying you're sitting here making a case for a guy that did roids. I mean, Frank Thomas hit 301 with 521 and 1,700 uh, RBIs. So he hit 15 points lower, pretty much the same OPS, but he hit 200, like 160 more homers and 300 more RBIs. Sorry, 500 more, 300 more RBIs. How many years did did Frank Thomas play? Uh, 19 and Todd Helton played 17. That's pretty comparable. You're saying he's hitting 40 more in each season if he plays two more? Come on. I tried to pick two guys from similar eras who have That's, similar stats. I, yeah. yeah, and I'm saying I, I tend to, yeah. I think I, Frank Thomas had the better career. I, I think everyone would agree. I think Ian's point is that, like, it, it, this is what it comes down to. You're a big hall guy or you're a small hall guy. I'm a small hall guy, so I kind of agree too. with Dakota that, like, it should be reserved for the top of the top. But, like, if you're a big hall guy, then someone like Todd Helton obviously has a really compelling case and, you know, certainly has an argument to be in the hall of fame and you made an argument for andy pettit come on my thing is at this point he's a a steroid guy but the precedent yes i think he even tested positive like he was like full-blown like he like he admitted he took he he apologized he had a press conference yeah my thing is at this point in time once barry bonds did not get in if there is anybody ever the rest of time that is even linked to steroids they shouldn't be in because if Barry Bonds didn't get in, no one should. That has possibly taken roids. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, I, I think that's a good argument. I just, you know what I get frustrated with is people who are writing things who say like, 
not just not a lot of compelling stories. Like these guys had unbelievable career. It's and I think you know yes. what else? It's an amazing accomplishment to be on the ballot. Oh yeah, it's an amazing. And we I don't think we as a baseball community talk about it enough. How unbelievable of an accomplishment it is to be on the ballot. Could My you- good friend. Our first base coach, Mike Napoli, made the ballot. And when that happened, when he made the ballot and that came out, I was like, dude, that's the coolest thing ever. Congratulations. You are an absolute stud. Have To have made the ballot for the Major League Hall of Fame is... And I see you have to play. You have to play long enough. You have to post. You have to stay healthy. Like, that's insane to get, yeah. even get put on the ballot. And yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Like, not making the Hall of Fame like makes their career like kind of like forgotten like in Todd Helton had an unbelievable career like there's a lot of guys that had unbelievable careers but it's like I'm just with Tom on the side of the Hall of Fame should be like the elite of the elite like it shouldn't be like oh five six guys a year it's like no like I want I want years where there's nobody like I think wasn't there nobody last year like I like that can I can I give you a another take I think we should care more about individual teams Hall of Fame I think like Todd Helton is a Rockies a Rocky Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. Oh, 100%. And like, but, like that's really cool. And I what think about people, guys like if Judge goes and plays 10 years now for the Angels, who's he going to the Hall of Fame as? Are you reporting Judge to the Angels? I'm simply stating. Uh, you've, been, you've been talking I'm, to I'm our guy, Scotty? I'm that's saying a good if question. Judge that's goes and question. plays somewhere else the rest of his career. That's a good question. But I think like, you know, he'd still be a Yankee Hall of Famer. If like he'd be, the Yankee- he will. I think he'll probably be a Hall of Famer for the Yankees no matter what. And then maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer in another place too. But like, I think baseball is in a little bit of a place where guys play in so many different places now and it's, they're not at one team forever and it's different. But I do think like that individual teams Hall of Fame is a really awesome honor too. I got to, we got to watch, um, who was it that got inducted into the Giants Hall of Fame? Um, right at the end of the year. And that was a really, really cool ceremony to watch. I have a counterpoint to Tom saying that judge will for sure be in the Yankees hall of fame. I that's like monument park. I'd say like monument park is Yankees hall of fame. If he leaves the Yankees right now, he's not going to monument park. No way. I don't know. He broke the American league. No, home run record. I, no, they I, don't just hand out monument park. They kind of, they kind of do. They kind of do hand out monument park. There's I'm going to look guys in monument park. Let me take a look. number eight's retired twice. I mean, they, they kind of handed out a little hey, bit. Hey, that's from back in the day. And Tori was a great manager. We got to watch Will Clark go into the hall of fame. Sorry. Will Clark. We got to watch Will Clark go into the hall of fame in San Fran. And that was really awesome. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I'm ramped up. on. You're saying judge is already in the Yankees hall of fame. And I'm saying I, I don't agree with that. I don't think he is. Because all right, there are some guys that I've not heard of, but these are like older yeah. guys. Also, Joe Torre, like, Joe Torre were six. H retired for Bill Dick ah, and Yogi Berra. So that's right. That did feel that felt wrong. The Yankees. I, I mean, you can't wear any number if you play for the Yankees now. There's but I mean, like retiring numbers. You're not going to have any numbers to wear. Everybody's going to be ninety six. I'm, I'm saying Judge will have like a lot of these guys I'm seeing on here played like ten plus years. Like one of the shorter ones was Paul O'Neill, but he was like an all time Yankee. Like he was like. One of those it's a different I mean, time in baseball, though. Those guys played 27 years because there was no one to replace them. They played until they didn't have knees anymore, and they were selling newspapers and the other and before the games. Ian, I, what year do you think Paul O'Neill played? Yeah, what yeah, year when do you think you, Paul I'm O'Neill talking plays? about the other guys, I'm not talking about Paul O'Neill. I'm talking about like Paul O'Neill played, played for the 22 90s. years of the Yankees. Paul yeah, O'Neill wasn't selling. They were also selling sandwiches. <laughs> I'm just. I think. I do not think Judge currently would go in Monument Park because he hasn't won anything either. There's no titles to his name. There's 
nothing. This is I a would hot not take. Put him I in. think I think Dakota, you're now a guest on Talking Yanks. They'll see you next week. I'm you're just debate. They, this is an argument I'd the, go have uh, on Talking Yanks. If they think he should be in the Monument Park, I'll go have this argument. You're gonna judge. Uh, you're gonna judge judges' uh, Hall of Fame potential. He, what would he go in for? For one good season, one unbelievable season. One good Sorry, season. Doesn't he have two season. MVPs? I'm set. No, I know. I take that rookie. Back. The, rookie for of the year one, MVP for when he broke this record. But everyone else in Monument Park has a title. I, I am 100 guessing on that, but I feel like that's a good <laughs> chance of that. I mean, <laughs> hey, odds are, odds are they do. One of us. It's like I'm probably right. Like, is anyone going to check it? I just I don't see it, but let's move on. All right, let's, let's get to, to the interview. Else. Let's get to the interview. Yeah. We're gonna have Roger Steele on. It's brought to you by Muggsy. Before we get into the interview, this interview with Roger Steele, golfer, social media extraordinaire, is brought to you by Muggsy Jeans. You know who would look good in Muggsy Jeans? Roger Steele, and he's got a lot of companies he's working with. Maybe Muggsy's the next one. Maybe we set him up. Chicago guy, Chicago brand. Muggsy's the best jeans in the world, most comfortable, most stretchy. Dakota loves them. He has so many pairs. And, uh, and they're doing 30% off the entire website. Early access Black Friday sale. It's early access. It's Black Friday. It's not quite Black Friday yet, but they're already giving you the sale so you can get ahead of your shopping. MuggsyJeans.com. You don't even need a code. The whole website's 30% off. You'll look great. Dakota looks great. Always look great. Muggsy Jeans. Let's go talk to Roger Steele about golf and being an entrepreneur and being all over the country. We got Roger Steele with us joining the compound pod. Roger is a golf extraordinaire. I mean, you have so many sponsorships. I don't know if I can even list them, but show on (laughs) golf channel. We are both five iron ambassadors, Callaway golf. You got your own clothing line, trap golf, Nike guy. You got all kinds of stuff going on, huh? I know, man. It's kind of like a, it's all happening a little too fast and I'm trying to keep up with it. You know, we we used to in LA doing SoFi stuff. Yeah, yeah. We went out to SoFi Stadium last night, watched the Chargers, uh, Chiefs game. Uh, didn't go too well for my boy Herbert, but you know, that boy Mahomes is a dog, baby. That's <laughs> a sick game. Yeah, you can't you can't do nothing about that. And I feel like I jinxed him a little bit. I bought a jersey as soon as I got to the stadium. Instead of putting it on right when I got it, I waited till the fourth quarter and slipped <laughs> it on. And then the shit just, you know what I mean? It so you were happen. waiting to see how the game went, though, before you put it on. You're yeah, like, let's see how it goes. <laughs> Look, then then when they scored and it was like a minute left, I'm like, man, I should probably snatch this off. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm always worried that I'm bad juju for the teams that I try to support. That's why I try to hang in the back, not be seen. But no, it was a good game. So we were in Chicago. So Roger's from Chicago, just for all the listeners. We were in Chicago at a first tee charity event recently right. got to connect. We still haven't played golf yet. Right. But it was awesome for you to be there supporting the first tee in Chicago, the project over at Waveland. How, tell us your story, how you got into golf, how you got so involved with it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised in Chicago. And so my dad is a, a Chicago police officer and around the time I was born, he was, you know, becoming addicted to the sport. So I didn't really have much of an option as far as things that I wanted to do in my spare time. So he was dragging me to the golf course and I didn't really, I didn't resonate with golf as a kid because I'm growing up in Chicago during the Jordan era. And it's like, you know, I'm only six feet tall, but I, you know, I had high hoop dreams, baby. Like you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to be in the NBA one day. Uh, but no, my dad was, you know, he was making me spend a decent amount of time on a golf course. And uh, you know, I didn't appreciate it as much as a kid, but having that foundation when I graduated college and then I came back to the game, 
it was like, man, I, you know, I was just able to advance so much quicker and I understood the game, not just the the way that you play the game, but like the soft skills in the game. Like I had been listening to 40 year old dudes talk golf for so long that, you know, I really developed an appreciation for it on a, on a new level once I was mature enough to handle that, you know. But my dad logic was like, you know, he was seeing things that was happening in and out of the streets of Chicago as a lit for a living. And he was like, man, if I could just keep my son on a golf course, I could really mitigate some of the things that he would be exposed to that could have his life turned sideways because he saw so many kids' lives go the other way uh, on a day-in, day-out basis. And so I, I really, you know, I thank my dad every time I get a chance to for making sure that I had exposure to this game uh, and the opportunities that it's, that it's provided to me as an adult. They just, you know, they've been unparalleled. Like, I, I, you would never think, like, me being from where I'm from and, and the network that I had growing up, like, to be on this podcast with y'all is crazy, you know? Like, through, through a non-professional sports approach for me to use this game of golf and to see the things that I see. And I, and I don't think there's any other sport or undertaking that could provide these type of opportunities to people like me. So it's it, it's been a crazy ride, man. And so you, I know you listed off all the sponsors and stuff, but I appreciate all of them so much for appreciating me and what I stand for and trying to help perpetuate this message of, you know, how we can all grow and build community no matter where we're from. Golf's an it's amazing awesome. game in that way that it's you you really can you can meet so many different people and build this amazing network. I I. When I was in college, um, we had a like when, when I first got there, you know how you have like a bunch of seminars and stuff like that. They were like they offered a golf course, like a like a class to learn how to play golf. So down the road, you can network with people like, hey, if you're able to play golf and you're applying for a job and you can talk to a boss or a CEO over a four, four, four and a half hour round of golf, chances are you're going to be in a pretty good spot. And yeah. Like what you just alluded to is like what that game can bring to you is just like you said, it's unparalleled to anything else. Bro, and it just it combines so many different avenues all into one place, right? Like you, you know, to think that I, you know, I love basketball so much as a kid, but no way I'd be spending time with Steph Curry, like if I would have only played basketball, you know what I mean? And it's like now I'm able to, you know, engage with them in, in a way that I never thought possible. And then it's and two is like, even if you play in a primary sport, it's not like I'm telling kids to quit basketball, quit football, quit baseball, you know, and, and just pick up golf. It's like, yo, use golf as a supplement to whatever else you're doing in life. And whether that's, you know, you want to be an accountant, you want to be in fine, whatever you want to do, any undertaking plus golf, uh, it just completely alters the trajectory uh, uh, of the outcome. You know what I mean? And it's like, if, if I'm a basketball player, I know how to play golf. I'm going to spend more time with the coaches. I'm going to spend more time with the owners. I'm going to spend more time with decision makers at brands that's deciding who they, you know, going to pick up or let go or whatever the case. And it give you this opportunity to, you know, build affinity for yourself in spaces that you normally wouldn't be in. And that's not even to reference the intrinsic values of just, you know, putting yourself in a space where everything that happens is a result of your own action and decision making. Like this, there's nobody else to blame. There's nothing else to hide behind. You know what I mean? It's really just you and, 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 and you know, a lot of people not ready for that type of accountability. They're not ready to have those conversations with themselves. That's why they quit. But I say the same fucking thing. I'm like, yo, if I play bad, it's my fault. I yeah. suck. Yeah, if I, if that I, doesn't if keep you from the, getting mad though. You're still getting pissed. I know, but like if I if I strike out four times, I could be like, you know, you know what? That guy threw me some good pitches. It's not my fault. <laughs> Fuck it. But if I if I shank three off the tee, I'm like, yo, that's my I deserve to lose my money today. That's my bad. 
Exactly, bro. Exactly. Zach, Zach, Zach I don't know if you yeah, I don't know if Zach's ever shanked it off the tee though. Yeah. Zach Zach got to like a plus one. What? He's very my, good. I it mine's a little different. My dad was a golf pro growing up, and it's funny, like I they my parents put me in golf tournaments all the time growing up. And there's pictures of me like practicing on the putting green, just like miserable as fuck. And I, I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to play basketball. And now looking back, I tell them all the time. And I'm like, I wish you guys pushed me more. And they're like, bro, we literally dragged you to the course and you wouldn't, you would just walk off the course. And I'm like, look at you. Well, like, still trying to, you're still trying to blame other people for your own. <laughs> exactly. Wish, That's exactly right. <laughs> Why didn't you hold the gun to my head? mama? Exactly. No, no, no. You're going to like this and you're going to play yeah. it. Zach, what's your handicap? Zach, what's your handicap right now? Uh, it's right around zero. Damn. Oh, yeah. We got to sell some money games, baby. That's it. I know. We Zach, had some good Zach's ones. We were all, when we were living together, Ian and I, we had some good ones. Dakota was in there. We had a few guys we'd go out with and just play. You, you uh, can, it's tough. I, I, I appreciate you throwing my name in there like I was part of it. You played. You played. I played. I'm not like you and Ian. I, I'm Ian's partner. I build Ian up because he hits the shots I can't. Yeah, I mean that's an important role to have too, baby. Don't don't undersell yourself. Oh yeah, I always told him. I said if you switch to golf, like I'll be your caddy. I'll you'll yeah. be fired up for every shot. Like I'll give you the reads. <laughs> Roger, where's the cool? Where's the coolest place golf's taking you? You were were you out in Tahoe? No, I haven't been to the uh, to the Reno Tahoe uh, the the celebrity event. Was that the ACC? They, yeah, yeah. I haven't been out to that one. I'll probably swing out there this year. I had a scheduling conflict. I don't know. It's just like I, I I struggle. Like I'm I'm the worst person to ask when you start talking about ranking stuff because it's it's all dope to me and it's like all these other little variables like how good was the company versus how good was the course or the event or whatever the case. I'm a big company guy. You know I mean, I, I could I could I could hang out in the cemetery if the company right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still like, hey, yo, that's the best cemetery I ever been to in my <laughs> life, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but man, like you know, Bandon Dunes though, bro. Like if you take y'all y'all been up there. No, I have never heard yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough for like you know active athletes to make that time to to go up there. Y'all y'all be struggling, but uh, it's not it's not good with our schedule. That that summer when you want to be up there, we're working. Yeah, Hap's exactly. got Hap's got some good ones under a belt. But but this I'm telling you, bro. Like banding with like some of your close friends, if you go up there for like three four days. And you learn some real important stuff. Like, are we really that closest friends, or like, if I'm around this person too much, it'll deteriorate. And then you know, you know, it help you it help you sift through the the bullshit a little bit. But no, nah, it was it was a beautiful golf experience up there. I mean, obviously going down to the Masters was dope. Pebble was dope. I got a round lined up at uh, Cyprus uh, coming up soon. And you know, it's just like all of these courses. They all for me get group together is this collective new era golf experience because for the longest I just thought golf was like my little munis in Chicago like I didn't even understand the world of golf and so I feel like a little kid in a lot of these spaces that I go to and it's like man I heard about this stuff and you see it in real life and you know to to grow up thinking that you would never even have to worry about those types of things because you would never see it to actually seeing it is it's crazy it makes you feel like a I feel like a little kid so often uh that it's like it's kind of weird you know what I mean it all it also gives you such a an appreciation for how good those guys are. Like you get out there, you don't see the undulation. Like they always talk about um Augusta, like 10 going down the hill. Yeah. They say if you go and you look up at the bottom, you can't see anything. You just see the fairway, the top of the fairway. And it's just like you don't see that on TV. You know, guys blow a putt best and you're like, How the how the fuck do you miss that? And you go yeah. there and you're like, bro, this is putting on this is concrete. 
Bro, it's it's literally impossible. It's like a, a act of God to make anything over six foot on some of these courses, dog. It's like for real. Like it's just, I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm a bad putter, bro, but I really just don't understand how I'm supposed to match line and speed, like with all of this shit going on around the hole. You know what I mean? So like I get to these places and it's like I'm really at the mercy of the caddy now because I'm not even gonna try. Cause it's it's a little bit too insulting for me to actually put effort into reading that stuff and be wrong the whole day. So I just don't try. So if the caddy is no good, I'm no good. And that's, you know, that's kind of like my golf story when I go to nice courses. <laughs> we have, we had the, we get the TPC experience where we go play TPC when we're out in Arizona for spring training. Yeah. And like you play that place and you put up a pretty decent round and then you realize that those guys go like 25, 30 under for the, exactly. for the four days. And you're like, Oh my God. You shoot one or two over for two days. You are and you're like bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You're not yeah. making the cut. But that, but that course is like that's that's a fun and easy course. You know what I mean? It's like they that course is set up for the players to be drunk and be able to get around there. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> that's the type of venue hey, they could show up. You know, we know y'all slipping y'all self something before y'all tee off. Go have fun out there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. they're enjoying uh, Old Town the night before. They know what they're doing. Yeah, man, that's gonna be a crazy one this upcoming year, though, man. To have to have uh, Super Bowl two. Bro, waste management flow right into the Super Bowl in Scottsdale. That's that's a disaster waiting to happen mm. right there. Mm. Mm. Man, talking about over under on like DUI, like oh my god, the stuff that I'm thinking about in my mind about how terrible this is gonna be for for so many people. That's bad, man. Everybody go down there for everybody go down there with such good intentions, bro. And it's just like, man, I'd be more interested in like the stories that go terribly wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know it's going to be a lot of them. Roger, what's some of the stuff you got on the docket? What's some of the stuff that's coming up for you? I know like this spring's probably big. You're probably still already working on that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I, I got some real, you know, my, my core partnerships. Like I work with, you know, Nike, Callaway, Doer, SoFi Bank, uh, obviously with Five Iron. Um, and so we, we got a lot of cool stuff that we're working on for 23. And, you know, uh, just, you know, kind of the beautiful thing about all of my partners is that they they represent things that I want to stand for and advocate for personally. And so whenever we get to collaborate, it's very synergistic and it, and it, it really don't feel like work with anybody that I work with. Uh, but also on like the philanthropic front, man, like uh, we've been doing a lot with HBCU programs and making sure that we get advocacy down to those you know schools and to those golf programs and players uh, so that they can, you know, kind of be be showing the love that they need so that kids see the viability and the pathway in golf and so that they get to graduate out of those positions and, and more opportunities are open for them. And then doing more on the youth side, the youth advocacy side, like getting basketball teams, football teams, outside sports to come into the game and enjoy it and really leaning on five iron and top golf to create space for us to give these, you know, kind of interactive and engaging golf experiences. Uh, that's a big thing, but you know, I'm also trying to like get my body back right, bro. Cause it's like all this traveling and stuff. I don't, I don't fell off a little bit, you know. When I saw you at that first tee event, I'm like, man, this dude looks so good next to me, bro. And I'm just, <laughs> come on, I, and come I, really, on. I, ain't really, I ain't really, I ain't really holding my own right now, you know. Maybe I had to take a take a long look at myself in the mirror when I got home that night, you know. So trying to get my body right, my game back right, so I don't embarrass myself when people be expecting one thing and get another. But you know, more of the same, more of the same. But you. You you can hit it. This is, dude. This like th we're talking three thirty, yeah. three fifty. Like 
Peter. If he, if he, if he I, I got a little speed, baby, you know, but you know, on the other side of that, I, I lose a lot of golf balls, you know, <laughs> Which I should, uh, I should really just, you know, I think that that's a huge and untapped marketing opportunity for people to just start putting brands and stuff like outside brands on golf balls, maybe some motivational messages like, Hey, you know, we found each other in a weird place, but it gets better from here, baby. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I want to. I, I really, yeah, I think that we should really start putting motivational messages on our golf balls for you know for the trash shots. So when people find those, they like inspired a little bit, help them get yeah, out put, of the hole. You know, put some signs out in the woods where a lot of balls go. Like, hey, you're good. Just turn it around from here. Just drop in the fairway. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Good. See, that's when you need, you need the motivation ones because I've seen some. It's like, hey, you suck too. It's yeah. like you found this ball. <laughs> Like See, it's enough, some, like, it's enough of that in the world. It's enough yeah. of that in the world, man. I'm trying to tell a new narrative. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Roger, how did how did you start with all of these brands and, and partners? You know, obviously it was through I was reading a little bit, it was kind of during COVID, right? When you were yeah. so you know, I mean like I, I always been in like the media and storytelling space. Like I but I was doing that for other brands, other athletes. Like you know, you might know my boy Aaron Hicks, you know, he uh, you know, Alfred. It, the Yankees and, and, you know, like we spent a lot of time, he was helping me build my brand and I was storytelling, you know, alongside him during one of his off seasons. So I, I always liked storytelling, but when COVID happened, like all of my business dried up. And so, you know, I got all of this equipment, I'm playing a lot of golf and I, it was really kind of like boredom and a little bit of just luck, I guess. But I just started talking about golf, about stuff that I wanted to say to my friends. But the I think the thing that I did that was different was instead of, doing it as a character I did it like I was talking to my homies like I treated everybody on social media like they like I was talking to my friend and I think that a lot of brands just resonated with the authenticity of the message you know what I mean and 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 that's not to say that like I'm more authentic than the next person I just think that like we were at a place in time with the game where they were looking for new people to have outside perspectives and I had a perspective that golf wasn't necessarily you know, looking for it at the time or like didn't know that they were looking for it at the time. And, and ever since then, I've just been very empowered to continue to be myself, which is one of the most liberating things about all of this is I don't really have to think when I do stuff. You know what I mean? I it's a lot of people that to tighten it's, it up. It's hard. Like we always say, we've been talking for a while now, like behind the scenes and mic'd ups are like the fans favorite thing to do and to listen yeah. to. And, yeah. you know, for you to just be authentic, especially when you're just talking, like, you know, you're, you're chopping it up, talking golf, just being you. It's like, people want to hear that. And yeah. we try to get it in baseball. You know, we always have these conversations. It's like, how can we get more real conversations instead of like the old, like, Oh, what were you thinking on that pitch? It's just like, you know, how can we get, more authenticity in the game and like you just alluded to it it's just like the more real you are it's just it applies to more people and they're way more intrigued to listen and learn about it yeah everybody got to play everybody playing defense too though man especially in y'all's space it's like there's so much more to lose from somebody taking something out of context than there for is sure the game yeah from, you know giving them a little bit of insight into the way your mind work you know and the things that people cook up to use against you is kind of crazy but it's like, for me, I just feel like if somebody gonna take the time to say something negative about me and I know that I'm well-intentioned, it's like, I don't, it wouldn't just, it wouldn't hold any weight, you know? So I don't really care uh, because I know where, where my heart is. And if I made a mistake, I'm gonna apologize, you know, for that mistake. And then we just gonna keep on moving on. But, you know, I'm, I'm confident in, in the strength of my character. And so it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm gonna do anything out of malice. And uh, and if it's received the wrong way, I'll just backtrack and, and course correct. You know what I mean? But a lot of people I understand they don't wanna they don't wanna roll the dice like that. 
And you can't blame them too. Cause I, I mean, we see so many people get crucified for so many things. It's like, man, you know, I, I get why they stay quiet and, and kind of stay guarded a bit, but I, I hope too for the, for the game, for baseball, for golf, like we all start tearing down some of those barriers and, and communicate as human beings a bit better. I got to say, we uh, and we started this podcast a couple of years ago and we do it once a week. We jump on and talk for an hour. It's been great for us. I mean, you're going nonstop. You're doing you're traveling all over the country. You're creating content. That's a ton of work. And I think we didn't realize getting into this, how much time it would take to, yeah. to create the content. And like for us, starting up was a lot like I have so much respect for the fact that you're just you're constantly putting stuff out. You're all over the country. You're doing video, you're editing it. You're doing all that stuff like it's it's a full-time job and it's 24 7 and what you've been able to do has been really amazing to watch man that, you know obviously that mean a lot coming from somebody like you you know i'm gonna I'm talk to you off, offline to see if you mean that for real or not you can <laughs> <laughs> like Before, yeah, uh, a lot of people just be thinking i'll be playing around all day i'd be like man that's the way i want it to look yeah but it's, like, it, it's it's a lot that uh it's a lot that goes into it man when you when you're trying to make sure that you you know, live a, live a, a human life and then recap it for other people to see and stuff like that is, it, it's a tough balance, you know, but it's sacrifices as well. It's like a lot of people that you wish you could spend time chopping it up with on the phone, like you don't have that time or like time you want to spend with your parents or time you want to spend, you know what I mean? You, 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 you know, you sacrifice something for everything. So it's, it's, I'm appreciative that you appreciate what I'm going through, dog. I, I know you said it kind of joking, but you were like, you know, I, I got to get my game back because people are expecting something every time I hit a ball. Like, that's real. You know, like, have, you know, like if you're playing with your friends or you're playing with whoever and like you don't shoot 72, they're like, oh, my God, bro, you're not that good. And like, this is your job. Like you, you do this. And it's like, that's that's fucking hard. It's like, in, you know, like, again, in baseball, it's like you have a bad game. You're you're ripped, you know, yeah. like any other sport, you're ripped. And it's like you have to keep your brand on like. If you have a, if you lose something mentally in your golf swing, it's like, what the fuck? But you know what, bro? It's like, uh, it, I think with golf and the, and the pressure that everybody needs to take off of themselves is like, you, you should really look at the 80-20 rule, right? Like with everything. And it's like, people going to remember the 20% of the stuff that I do like well and like the, the rest of the round is kind of off in the wayside. Like yesterday I was playing uh, we played out at Bel Air uh, Country Club up here, up here in LA, and I might have hit like, you know, I shot like an eighty or something like that, and I might have hit like six good shots. You know what I mean? Six real good shots. And then when we get off the course, that's all people remember, dog. And I'm <laughs> like, what is it? You know, like the the work is done. So I really think that you know, when you out there on the course, if things are going terrible for you, bro, just like focus on a, on big time plays. Like, and just, you know, do something crazy before you get off the course. And that's all people going to remember. You know what I mean? So just take some of the pressure off yourself. Uh, keep going big. And, and when something pan out, then that's, you know, you won already. All it takes is small wins. Small if wins. If you get a hole in one, if you get a hole in one, but shoot a 120, <laughs> no one's going to care about <laughs> yeah. the 119 other shots. Who cares about that, dog? You know, so I, I really don't care. I don't carry no pressure on the golf course. It's like me wanting to get better is just for vanity's sake. You know, it's not... And you know, for my financial well-being, I you know I gamble a lot, and I don't like losing that much money on the no. I just yeah, so you know it, that's that's a vanity thing. Outside pressure though, don't matter. No. Don't, You're going matter. for every par five and two. Hell yeah! I mean, the most unthinkable, unreasonable 
second shots, like I'm doing it. Like, bro, you got 270, thread the needle, hook it, force carry. Like, yeah, we're doing that. Because I know if I pull it off, it's that's the story. That's the story. If I don't, that's all you it's need. like, damn, you know, whatever. And you got the excuse, like, oh, well, you know, if I, I wouldn't have done this if it really mattered. I was just yeah. trying to see if I could do it. But you pull that shit off, dog. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm riding that way for like, come on. I've hit shots, bro, where like, uh, you know, I, I've had terrible rounds where I've hit shots. Well, I came back like a year later and people like that, that the, the rumor of that shot has circulated around the club. And I'm like, bro, my, my strategy works, dog. <laughs> Full before, food. before we let you go, I got to tell you, I got, I'm hosting a, for the kids yeah. for uh, the first tee at five iron river North. Yeah. January 12th. Yeah. So if you're in town, would love to have you come by. It's going to be an awesome fundraiser and raise money for, for first tee right around Cubs conventions in town that week. So I'm, I'm going to be there and we're going to set it all up. So Man, if you're in, put that on your calendar. You know, I had like this million dollar uh, play set up for that week, but you know, I'm going to cancel that so I could be there. For yeah. Years, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's how much it, I, I had a million dollars on the phone waiting for me, baby. But it's, uh, you know, when them kids get mentioned, <laughs> but I do want you to carry the weight of that, that sacrifice that I'm making for you, baby. Whatever yeah. that means to you, however you want to reconcile that, feel free. I'll take care of you. Okay. All right. All right. Now, January 12th, I'll be there. This has been awesome, man. Thanks for jumping on. I know you got to catch a flight, but it was great for you to jump on and do this. Man, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate y'all, boys. I appreciate y'all big time. Yeah, that was awesome. Have a safe flight. All right, baby. That was a great interview with Roger Steele. He's awesome. I am I actually have not played golf with him. I really want to. We talked about getting together at Five Iron this winter. He's all over. He's all. I mean, I'm all over the place. He's all over the place. He's everywhere. Be honest with me. Would you beat him? Uh... I think I think my handicap is lower, uh, but again, I've never. Should I've be never a good round. If you're if you're that low, I, I mean, he plays every day too. Uh, not every day. I can't say that. That's that sounds that sounds bad. Um, but I mean, like anything can happen. Obviously, like it sounds like he knows what the fuck he's doing with the golf ball. You know, it's yeah. like, and like I, I think, said, you I know, think like, he's a he's a little bit of a player. I mean, you think? Have you seen this? his swing? Is legit. swing's nice? Yeah. Swing's nice. I really want to get out and play with him. Great guy. He we we met each other. I we had talked we had talked on social media, but we met each other at that first T event. He's awesome. He's just like he really cares about he cares about the community and he really cares about Chicago and where he grew up. But he also like he cares about the game and being a steward of the game. And he has such an appreciation for like what the game's given him and for what the you know the network he's been able to build. And he loves talking business. So it was really cool to hear him talk about you know what he's building and, and all that stuff so we had a really good talk but i would love for for i for a round with him i think playing golf with people who are good in general it's like you learn it's like when you're taking bp with somebody for the first time or like you watch somebody work like somebody like i'm not very good around the green like i usually just use a 60 degree you know just try to get it close and maybe one or two putt like if you watch guys who play all the time and you learn like what they're doing, I find that so fascinating. And like I said, it's like in a cage where somebody's doing a specific drill or whatever on defense. Like, hey, why do you do that? You know, like I, I think it's such an art if you don't play golf to actually watch somebody like of that caliber who is that good. Um, I was I was just I was just spending a lot of time this morning looking at irons and because uh, there's some new ones just came out and I was looking at wet chefs and and uh, iron chefs and everything. And I was doing, and this is a little bit different, but I was doing a lot of reaching out to friends and figuring out what they play. But I think like one of the things that you would probably do if you're on the course and somebody's playing really well, you'd be like, oh, did you get Roman? 
Are you the type of guy that uses Roman? Is that how you, you got you got to be so you got to be using Roman with that with that swing? I was like, with you, were you in three fifty off the tee? You must be using Roman because to have that kind of confidence. I don't know if you know this, but if you're experiencing ED, there's help. You can go to Roman. There's digital health clinic for men. It's the digital health clinic for men and offers genuine FDA approved medication for as little as four dollars per dose. Everything comes in discreet packaging. Nobody will know. Free two-day shipping uh, right to your door. And if you want to get 20% off because we're good people and we'll help you out, row.co slash compound. That's ro.co slash compound for 20% off your first order. And then you can hit uh, 350-yard drives like uh, our friend Roger Steele. Tender date has come and gone. There was a... there's a couple big uh, non-tenders as there is every year. Um, and I think we've seen this story play out before where there's a non-tender that's shocking of like a good player. Like Kyle Schwarber is a great example. And then he goes and gets an opportunity uh, to play with the Nats, um, kills it, goes to the Red Sox, kills it, gets paid, and uh, has this unbelievable postseason with the Phils. I think you like sometimes a fresh start, sometimes a new place. Um, are, is really good for for guys and tender dates always a always a tough day but I think that there's a couple guys out there floating around who are gonna make homes with new teams and have a lot of success the Bellinger one didn't like shock me like some people seemed like shocked and I was like I kind of see that like I he was gonna get a ton in Arab wasn't he like 18 or something yeah I think he'd had 18 for the last two years I think he got like 17 and then 18 and this year was gonna be 18 19 somewhere in that That's range what, and it, so it, it's hard when you start out so hot, like he was rookie yeah. of the year and then super two. And by that point, you're going to have to make a lot of money, you know? And then if you don't, obviously it's, if you don't play well, you're it's, you're not just going to play for a lot of money to not play well. And Arb can't go backwards. So it's right. not so, like, Oh, we're only going to pay you nine this time. Right. Good point. So if he's making 17, which he did before, and you don't have a $17 million year, it's kind of tough, especially with a team that is already on the books for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to just keep, throwing it around and again he's gonna have a home it's not like he's just completely done and like god forbid he ever gets back to that 2017 whoever picks him up is gonna be a lot of a better team much of a better team people are gonna be salivating over him does does he play is he a good defender too (laughs) that's what i and he plays i thought you were i thought you were being sarcastic no no no. i'm saying plays first plays outfield like He's he can he's a legit center fielder and he can, he can track play for space. So yeah. 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 He's he's a he's fast. He's like he's a crazy athlete. When we first played against each other in 17 in the bushes, we were both in triple ball. And uh and you can't he, even call it the bushes. You were there for two weeks. Literally. And, I, we and then, and then you came back in nineteen the, and you hated Dakota and I it was the first series of the year, and oh, I was, was like I was like, wow. I mean, he was playing first at the time, and I was like, he was flying down the line. I was like, holy shit. And then we played against each other later that year in the when he was going off, and it was like he was beating out infield singles. He was hitting 450-foot homers. He was doing it all. He's a super athlete, um, and he'll figure it out. But Well, I saw he got – I saw a tweet that said he had like five phone calls from teams like, yeah. Within the hour of him getting non-tendered. Yeah, because that guy, because that guy at whatever he's gonna make, he's gonna make 10, 12, 15 million bucks, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, he might even make 18. It might even be the same number. You know, it's gonna be a double digit number that's good. I could I wouldn't be surprised to see two for 18 or two for or two for 20, sorry. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever he ends up getting, it's uh people are gonna want him 
at a slightly lower. It's not going to be crazy low. It's going to be slightly lower. There's going to be a lot of teams that want him. It's just that, you know, that number for the Dodgers didn't make sense. Whatever. I think now that the tender date is gone by, you now like teams have set their forty man. You'll start to see some movement on trades, free agents. You got the uh, winter meetings coming up first week of December, uh, maybe two, three weeks. So you'll start to see a little bit of movement there. This is kind of that time. It was like there's some stuff happened early, and now it's then the ten. This is the time where they look at their AAA bullpens and say, "We want the big fella. <laughs> Let's go get them." It's, it's also crazy because last year we didn't have any of this with the lockout. We waited until it was either right before or right when. They we got unlocked. That's when shit started happening. Um, and now I kind of for, we all kind of forgot how crazy an MLB offseason can be at times. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's stuff every day I see online. I'm like, oh wow, he got traded. Oh wow, he got signed. Oh wow, the MLB is a weird one too, where like it'll randomly be like a flurry of moves, and then there's nothing for like nothing, a month, and then dude. there's like a flurry, and then there's nothing. Like it's like one. Like a team sees other teams make a move. They're like, ah, oh, shit, we should probably do something. I mean, this is going to be the – there's going to be a two-week period here until the winter meetings where nothing happens. I'm going to say that, yeah. and then Judge is going to sign tomorrow. But it's going to be – my prediction is that the next where, two weeks until signing? winter meetings, nothing happens. People just like packing in for Thanksgiving, nothing happens. And then one, around the winter meetings, you'll start to see stuff fly again. If Scott was as big of a friend of a pod as he claims to be, he would get Aaron Judge to, to leak us the news, and we could Good break point. the news. Good point. He would. Oh, but, that'd be uh, so cool. He's not a good friend. He actually texted me after our last pod, maybe, or two pods ago, and said he had a, a fan question of the day that he was saving for the next time he's on, if he's ever allowed back on. <laughs> the best part is he says that, like, trying to, like, get it, be like, yeah, like, all right, like, yeah. we'll get you back on, Scott. <laughs> um, oh, Scotty. Let's do our Sloan uh, screen time. We don't, I we traveled... don't have to, do we? Oh, it's not good. Uh, we tr- I traveled uh, quite a bit today, and uh, mine's not bad. Today, I flew in be. this morning, and I was I've been in some airports. Let me tell you, they're slowing everywhere. I was I was able to go to the bathroom in a lot of places, able to wash my hands. I don't know if you guys saw my picture um, in Logan, uh, Boston Logan Airport. There, they had a old, old one of the original Sloan automatics. They're due for an update for an update but they're still fighting over there i got the sloan automatic still working that's called longevity okay sloan valve products they last you know mine's gonna be mine better be low today because i was getting yelled at by you for not texting you back so i was oops sorry busy getting my work in can we do yesterday's no definitely not no yesterday. no 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 yes i was literally i was there yesterday trying to f- not jump off a cliff i'll I tell you yesterday's just to do it no judging no judging 1036. Wow. Double digits. Double digits. It was Sunday. It was a Sunday. Mine was mine was 915 yesterday on a Sunday. Oh my gosh. Today is football Sunday. You know how much information is on Twitter? I was two, I was 245 yesterday, so I went. Uh what were you guys today? 245 is this. Uh today 244. Ooh. Zach. 310. Two fifty or five five thirty four today. Wow! I was on a plane. Google Maps. I was working. You're on a what? plane on Google Maps. What are you flying? You, you flying? The, I was Google Maps to the airport. Okay, are you Google flying the plane. To, what are you a pilot <laughs> now? I was Google what, Maps. How to do the you airport? Have... I was Google Maps back from the airport. 
I, ha- I don't still- have an hour 13 of messages. I don't know. All right. Eight hours left in the day today for you, and you're double your time from yesterday. I don't know how it happened. Things have gotten out of control. Even I'm only at 323, man. I, oh, it, you know, I, I was up at 5 a.m. East Coast he time today. Right? Ew. Zach, that was one of your better ones. Yeah. What are you flying the plane? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Got yeah, Google, Google Maps, Maps want to make sure we are going the right way. It's actually we got delayed. I thought you know how you know when you open the uh like we I flew Delta's like the flydelta.com and they you're tracking your plane. They were like 15 minutes until you land. And Julie was like, How long till we land? And I showed her, I was like 15. She was like, she was tracking on a flight tracker or something, and she was like, No, 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 we still have an hour left. It completely completely ruined my day it Sucks. ruined my flight i, I will we never playing. i will never forget the first time i went to the west coast when i got drafted it said it's like oh you're gonna take off at one land at like 3 30 i'm like oh dope quick ish flight and it's like didn't resonate with me that the three hour you're time change and i'm sitting hours, there and i'm like yeah. man what is going on on this flight <laughs> are we doing circles up here it was like when i first got drafted i was like yo am i missing something here where are we going you were missing something yeah yeah it was Time we are not having an episode we're having our thanksgiving break next week then we'll be back the following week uh and then we're taking the day after christmas off those are our two off days of the of the year enjoy your thanksgiving everyone enjoy the family enjoy the time get a bottle of parse and we'll see you in a couple weeks with another guest because we're on a run <laughs> <laughs>